You know, over this past month, since the uh, beginning of the year, really, we have been engaged in a series entitled One Word. And, and the first week of that, we looked at the whole notion of, of transformation. And we talked about, you know, when we think uh, about who we are as people, that change is possible for us. That God can grow us. God can grow me. God can grow you in God's grace. God can grow in us character traits that are those of Jesus Christ. Character traits that you and I admire. Character traits that we desire. And so we talked about how that whole notion of transformation, formation through the transcendent love of God and Jesus Christ is a possibility. And so we brought that forward. And in the second week, we talked about, uh, brought it forward and choose it in a word. And then second week, we talked about choosing one word. One word which would be one way that God would be at work in your life. And so we talked about a process through which you could choose that one word. The third week, we talked about cultivating that one word and how you can keep that one word in front of you. Tiffany did a great job uh, in the video. And this morning, you got in your bulletin a card. And uh, in this card, this is an opportunity for you to cultivate your one word on the front of the card. You see, you can write your one word to turn that card over. You'll see there's a place for you to write a scripture verse that pertains to your one word. What you do is you take this, right, fill that out, place it in your wallet. Because if you're like me, you know, I go in there occasionally. And so when you see that in your wallet, you say, hey, here's my word. And it kind of reminds you, brings you back to your word, helps, it keep it, helps you keep your word before you in a way that cultivates that one word. And today what we're going to talk about is continuing in your one word. Continuing in your one word. Because what we're going to invite you to do is to take your one word and live with your one word over one year. And you say, man, one year is a long time. And yes, one year is a long time. But I want to tell your friends, growth takes a long time. Personal growth takes a long time. Character transformation, it it takes time. And as we just sang, God makes all things beautiful in God's time, but it does take time. See, what we know, what you and I know, is that what time does, time compounds value. That's what time does. I remember learning that as a little child. My grandfather was a banker, and as a banker, uh, early on, he made it a point that we would have a passbook account. In fact, it was so important that when we got, as a little child, when I got my passbook, they don't do passbooks anymore, I don't think, you know, but when I got my passbook, it was like having my first communion or something. You know, it was almost like a sacrament to get that passbook. And so, you know, he he took us in, he said, now here's your passbook. I think we deposited $10 and they printed it out on the passbook. And then, you know, so we went home and we had that passbook. And at the end of the quarter, we went back in and what they did is they typed in that passbook, the interest that was made on the principal. And then my grandfather came along and said, see this? You put your money in there. It went for three months, but another period of time. And look, you made money. You know, there's more money. I said, man, that is the way to make money. And then, you know, to just let it sit there. And it just grows. And then, you know, we came back in another three months. He said, now this is even neater. See, this is how this works. You got that principal in there. Then there was the interest that you made the first time. Now you got interest on the principal and the interest. You got interest on the interest. But this is a deal, you know. I'm looking at that as a kid. thinking That is, man, the compound value of time. 
You know that, and I know that financially. You know that, and I know that relationally. I want to invite you to think about some of your best friends in life. Aren't the best friends in your life people that you have known a long time? People that you have shared the ups and downs of life with? People that you have heard and cried with and have heard and cried and hugged with you and laughed. You know, you've, you've done life together over a period of time. And you and I know that what happens over that period of time is that that relationship has grown rich and deep and meaningful. It's the compound value of time. And it works that way with God. The same way with God in faith, and we start out saying, you know, we're just going to kind of live life and try to understand what it means to live life with God, try to understand, you know, how do you incorporate God's truth? And it's a learning process. It's a growing process. You know, it's, it's something that we start out, we don't really know what we're doing or how it's going to happen, but what, what you begin to experience is over time, you learn and you grow and it begins to... Talk, we talk about God's love and it begins to form and shape you and you begin to understand how that love moves in and through you and, and it, it happens over time, the compound value of time. And that's why we're going to ask you to spend a year with one word because we know and you know the compound value of time. And when you spend one year with your word, you will be amazed at what God does with your word over the course of a year. And so I bring that to you this morning as that's part of uh, living into one word, and we rejoice in that. But also to let you know that yeah, even as you're trying to do something good in your life, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be something that's kind of working against you. <laughs> I don't know if the, you know, I mean, it seems like every time I'm trying to do something positive, productive, healthy, wholesome, you know, I want to move my life this way, there's always something that's kind of moving in the opposite direction. In physics, they say for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You know, I, I, that's just the way my life works. I'm trying to do something positive, something negative is always standing in my way. There's always an obstacle. There's always an impediment. There's always a reason, you know, why it just doesn't move forward like I'd like it to move forward. In fact, an insurance company has built a whole marketing campaign on that. And they call it mayhem. Have you seen mayhem on TV? Yeah, Mayhem is the guy who's always messing things up. You know, there's always something in the way messing up what you and I want to do, you know? And uh, in the scriptures, they talk about Satan. They talk about the enemy. You know, you can kind of call it whatever name you want to, but, you know, you just and I just need to know that as we're trying to go forward in cultivating our word and continuing in our word, there's something kind of working in the, in the opposite direction. And don't take my word for it. Take Jesus' word for it. Because when you look in the scripture this morning, that's part of what Jesus is talking about. In the scripture this morning, Jesus says, you know, there was a farmer, and the farmer is the representative of God. He's going out to plant the seeds in the field, you know, and so he's out there sowing the seeds. Kind of, they used to grab the seed out of a bag, and they throw that seed out, and the seed scatters everywhere, and so God's throwing it out. You're thinking, dolly, all, if God's doing it, all the seed's going to fall in a good place. And what you see is Jesus says, you know, all the seed God's sowing, it, it do, all doesn't fall in that good place and bears fruit. He says, what happens is some seed falls on the path, gets eaten by the birds. Some feeds, seed falls on the, on the rocky soil and it's too shallow and doesn't grow up. Some seed gets choked out by the weeds. He says, you know, there is something that's always kind of getting in the way that kind of slows down the growth of the seed. 
So Jesus wants us to acknowledge that. And I invite you to acknowledge that because I think that will be part of your experience with one word. As you seek to continue forward with one word, you and I just need to know that, you know, it's not always up and to the right. And so I want to talk about the, uh, the three um, the soils, dirt, you know, three enemies. However you want to call it the three mayhem this morning that Jesus raises because I think we experience the same three. The first one that Jesus brings up are the birds. The birds who come to eat the seed. Have you ever gone to the park and tried to feed the pigeons or fed the pigeons or gone to the park and fed the ducks or gone to the beach and fed us the seagulls? Have you ever tried, anybody tried to do all that? Do you ever feed just one pigeon or one duck or one seagull? Is that the way? No, it never works like that, does it? I mean, you, as soon as you start feeding the one pigeon, well, then uh, there's, you know, a thousand pigeons come from everywhere. Or one duck, and you'll get ten ducks coming from everywhere. If you go to the beach with the seagulls, oh, I could have showed you some videos that are just kind of mind-boggling about how many seagulls come when you start throwing potato chips up in the air. But I tell you what happens. When you start to feed one, they all flock in, and that's the way it is with your one word. As soon as you start to focus in on your one word, what you're going to experience is there are distractions that are going to come in like a big flock of birds. I mean, you're going to think, you're going to kind of focus in on your one word, and all of a sudden, oh man, your grocery list comes in from the left, you know, and I'm wearing shoes that match my outfit, comes in from the right, and oh, I got the pressure of the meeting, and that's going to come in, you know, oh, what am I going to say to, to my friend about, you know, you're, if you're like me, there's just random thoughts, and you're just flying around out there, and as soon as you start to focus in, man, they, everything's going to, just going to come in and kind of, it's like the birds on the path, you know, and they're trying to eat up the seed. You're trying to focus in on the one word, and you know, they're busy kind of crowding it out and, and squawking around. You know, and that's not a new phenomenon. In the scriptures, I love what the Apostle Paul talks in 2 Corinthians. He says, you know, that that, that happens. And when that happens, he, he uses this phrase. He says, we want to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. We want to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. You know, I look at that verse, I say, well, we need, what we need to do is become bird trainers. You and I are bird trainers. We are not bird tamers. When it comes to all those thoughts, what we need to do is we need to take them captive in a way that, that, they, that there's an order to what's happening in our minds. And I want to tell you the best way to do that, at least for me, is to start putting pen to paper. For me, what the best way to do all that is to, is to begin to write down my one word, to journal my one word. And I'm not talking about Dear Diary, you know, because I know Dear Diary, here's what I ate for lunch today, and here's what, you know, that's not what we're talking about. What a journal is, is you write down your one word, then you begin to write down about the possibilities and opportunities you saw for your one word and today, yesterday, you know, where you find yourself. You talk about how you stepped into those possibilities and opportunities, and then you talk about what happened out of that. And so what you do is you start to reflect. And as you start to write and to reflect, what it does is it slows down your mind. And it focuses your mind. You know, they say that what articulation does is it leads to attention. And that's what it will do. It leads us into focusing on what you want to focus on. It kind of trains the birds. And so we write that down. It doesn't take long. I think it's about five minutes a day. It doesn't take a long time. But what it will do is it will help you to overcome enemy number one. It help you to overcome distractions. Distractions are 
number one enemy that Jesus lifts up, the birds, and is overcome by writing, by journaling. Enemy number two, as, as you're busy trying to develop and cultivate and grow in your word, what will happen is, here's the way that growth happens in you. I know this happens in spurts. You see it in kids. Sometimes, you know, they grow up, then they plateau off, they level off, then they grow up again, then they plateau off, and they level again. And you know, that's, that's how it happens. And that's how spiritual growth happens, too. You know, I'd love to stand up here and say that when you kind of focus in on your word and you cultivate it, that every day and every week will be a rich, exciting, rewarding experience for you. And I'll tell you, there will be days that are rich and exciting and rewarding. And that's true. And there'll be other days that you'll just sit there and you'll be writing and reflecting and you'll be thinking, like, what is going on? I'm not experiencing anything here that really is kind of challenging me or growing me. You know, you'll ask yourself the question, am I wasting my time? Enemy number two is delay. It's delay. It's when we find ourselves in that plateau place. And see, what begins to happen in that plateau place is we begin to question, you know, kind of what is going on. And, And the reason I think that delay is an enemy is if you're like me, what I like is gratification. I like results. And if you're like me, the adjectives I like in front of that are instant gratification (laughs) and immediate results. I mean, that's the way I, that's really kind of what I look for. And when it's not instant and when it's not immediate, then there's, you get into this delay phase. And as you get into this delay phase, you know, you say, golly, what is really going on here? And, you know, in the scripture this morning, I think what Jesus, part of what Jesus is reflecting on is that when we think that life all has to have immediate gratification and instant results, it's kind of a shallow way of approaching life. That you and I know that that's not how life works. That's not how growth works. That's not how transformation works. There are times when there is delay, and what we're invited to do in those times of delay is to kind of rename that time. Instead of delay, name it waiting. That's our invitation to wait. And what waiting is about in the scriptures, waiting is about giving us an opportunity to focus in on God. The the verse from Isaiah, those who wait upon the Lord. And see, when we focus in in that waiting period, we start focusing on God, what it does is it puts God in front of that, that desire to grow. Kind of keeps first things first, you know. I mean, God is the one who is growing us, and sometimes we get so kind of carried away by am I growing or not, we kind of forget about the one who is providing the growth in our lives. And so when we wait upon the Lord, what we do is we focus back in on God as the one who does give the growth. We say, God, you know, I'm not quite sure what's going on here, but I'm just going to trust you for what's happening. And, and as we go forward, I know that there's going to be some ways that we kind of break through and we, and we continue to move forward. And I, and I think about that whole notion of waiting. And you want to know the last word that Jesus spoke to his followers before he left the, left the earth? The last word is wait. <laughs> you know, you think he could have spoken, oh, there's, there's a whole other kinds of words that Jesus could have spoken, but Jesus says, wait. Because they wanted the kingdom of God to come right now. And what Jesus was, you know, thinking and what Jesus knew is that God had something so much greater in store for them than what they were envisioning, but what they had to do for that to kind of come along in their life was wait. And so when we think about 
Enemy number two, delay. What we need to do is kind of rename and say wait. And then we come to enemy number three. Enemy number three to me is the worst one because what Jesus says enemy number three does is choke out what you're desiring to do. Jesus says enemy number three are the weeds. Enemy number three are the weeds. To me, what the weeds are about is they are detractors. They are the detractors. They are what you tell yourself about why you can't do this. They are what you tell yourself about why this process will not work for you. They are what you tell yourself or I tell myself about, you know, why I can't carry forward with this. They are, they in a way, are the, are the way that you discourage yourself, the way that you diminish what God can be doing in you. You know, when you back up, part of what happens with tractors is the way that, it's the way that we self-sabotage. And I'll tell you, when we self-sabotage, what that does, it does choke out what God would be doing in your life and in my life. And, and when it comes to weeds, I don't know about you, but the way I deal with weeds is you've got to pull them out. <laughs> you know, you cannot be kind to weeds. You have to be ruthless with weeds. What you have to do is you have to pull them out by the roots. And here's the way you pull out self-sabotage by the roots. You begin, when you find yourself saying those things, saying any kind of things that tracks, diminishes, discourages what God can do in your life and what you can do with God in your life, you confess. Confession is the way that you pull weeds out by the root. What you do is you say, God, I recognize what's going on. You confess it to yourself. I recognize this is what's happening. This is what's going on with me. And you say, God, okay, even as I recognize this, and I, 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 I know this about myself, and you know this about me too, but I just need to bring it out. We need to put it out front. And then as you put it out front, you say, God, I, I need your help because you're God, and you're the one who has invited me to be transformed. And I'm just trying to kind of come into this, but there's some ways I'm slowing myself down. So I, you confess that out forward as you confess that out forward then what happens is that you also confess your desire to be in that one word and to do the one word. And as you confess that desire, God will work you through the detractors. Confession and God's spirit will work you through the detractors. See, you and I will face enemies. And those enemies are distractions. They are delays. They are detractors. I don't want you to be surprised when you experience them as you're you're trying to move forward part of the process. I also want you to know how you can overcome them because you and I can overcome them in journaling, in waiting, in confessing. That's also part of the process because you see when Jesus tells the parable, he tells this story, he ends up not with the detractors and not with the enemies. He ends up with what he calls the good soil. He says, when we take that one word, that one word is a seed of God's truth that God would be working in your life, that you desire for yourself, that you desire for your life. And when you take that one word and you hold it fast in your heart and you kind of live into it with patience, you are going to see results. You are going to see fruit. And here's what that fruit is. That fruit is witness. That fruit is witness. 
Witness is not about a tract that you give to someone to convince them of something that they may or may not believe. Witness is not about teaching somebody to pray a five-step prayer, you know, uh, again, that they may or may not follow through with. That's not what witness is about. Witness is about your firsthand experience with God, about how God works in your life, about how God has grown and changed and transformed you it's not about the faith of your grandmother. It's not about the faith of your favorite Sunday school teacher. And it's not about the faith of your preacher. It's about what God has done in you. It's real. It's true. It's yours. And no one can ever take it away from you because this is the way that God has changed your life. This is the way that God has transformed your life. Your life. You know, we say in the church, God is good. And what's the response to that? All the time, right? All the time. God is good. Time. Amen. Yes, that's right. That's how it goes. Back and forth all the time. And what your witness is, is when you say, and I can tell you how. And I can tell you how. Because this is what's happened to me with my one word. This is what's happened to you with your one word. One beautiful word. One wonderful word. One word that is the final hymn we're going to sing says is wooing us to heaven. One word that is working in your heart and in your life, the kingdom of God. Your beautiful word, your wonderful word, your wonderful word of life. May God bless you with that gift of God's grace through your time with your one word.